Hi, hi. You're at the beach. I'm at the yeah. We're at the beach. Um, just had a having a quick visit to Isabel and just trying to get out of out of Dodge a little bit and um and uh, yeah and and strangely in we we took a a dip and you know we we went into the ocean yesterday. It's very cold, mm-hmm. and those that first minute is really something. But then it's just your body reaches some homeostasis and there's this kind of I don't know a little bit of a uh like a bliss almost or yeah and, and uh I just I real I've never really liked doing that and I've had a tendency not hypothermia but I've had a hard time sometimes mm. jumping in cold lakes and then I shake for four hours so I've had Ugh. so and I have a bad um I was pushed into a pool as a child into a very very cold pool <laughs> and i couldn't and i kind of almost went into some wow. kind of shock and it was a cruel thing by a teacher and um a, a swimming a swimming person like and oh, i oh good a I, swim teacher even uh, yeah nice. swim to a swim uh, like a, and a young like a young an adolescent or helper of a swim teacher okay. or something like that yeah. and right. and it was just and i don't think it was malicious it was just and i and i um Oh boy. And so I have also some, and I Um, went in yesterday, you know, my wife and friends have been going into the cold mountain pools in January and they, they, and it's, I guess it's something that's happening all over the country and these, and it's women mostly. And they're like, and, and, um, I was inducted into the, the group that did it yesterday. <laughs> like she, <laughs> she took a picture of me and 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 was like, "Oh, I, can can a man be a part of the group?" To her sisters because they they uh-huh. all do it together. And I don't know. They come back from their jaunt into the into the mountain and the forest and going in the pool, and they literally the skin changes and they look so mm-hmm. alive. And it's like a there's something that happens chemically in the brain, I guess. Uh, in trying to create homostasis, there's a reset that happens that has a profound effect on the emotional self and body, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just, I, and I, and I felt it yesterday. And when we got out, we did yoga on the beach and I didn't get cold and, and my, and I, it's just, so we're going to do it again today. And cool. And yeah, it is cool for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Cold. Cold. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, sure. Uh, um, yeah. Like this it, uh, Wim Hof character um, that <laughs> uh, the internet is so fond of that's got everybody running around jumping in cold, cold waters. Oh, I've heard about him. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole nother level. And, but my mm-hmm. gosh, so, so many things he says relates to. I don't know stuff that I've studied and yeah. done, and there's something very profound yeah, he about seems it. To be a, a tumo guy, he seems to be. He even, seems to be a tumo guy, yeah. Inner fire, guy, even yeah. maybe has some Tibetan training in the art of um, in, inner fire, and then um, yeah, I just spent a week at the beach on, in on the Pacific, which is also very cold water, um, and surfing, sort of. Or what you know passes. Did you have a wetsuit on? I did have a wetsuit on. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cold. Yeah, that that's Uh, not. Yeah, but a wetsuit's a great device. It was fine. Um, I'm a terrible surfer, but uh, but it was pretty delightful, and (laughs) 
the ocean's just unbelievable. It's just so awesome. And I just, you know, I mean that in the older sense of the word. Yes. Yes. It's, it's real big, like, and, um, (laughs) and that it, I think there's something about bigitude that has an effect on us. And, and in a sense, we're always surrounded by it and amidst it, but there's something like, you know, looking at the mountains or looking at the ocean or looking at the sky or, you know, maybe Niagara Falls, but I've never been there. And, Hmm. um, that, yeah, works some magic on us just standing in front of the ocean that works some magic on us. Here's this awesome power of, you know, I don't know, like uh, how, how much power is in a wave, how much power is in wave upon wave upon wave, how many, I mean, it's just unbelievable to like, you know, I don't know, to like take its measure, to stand there and take its measure and, and it has an effect on you. I don't know. Um, have, have you been to um, Niagara Falls? I have. I have. I haven't. I've been to uh, lesser waterfalls. I, I remember a waterfall. Um, and I don't know how close you get on the Maid of the Mist. But there was some waterfall in um, uh, Oregon near Port- Portland, near Multnomah Falls. It's not Multnomah Falls. It's like... Latrell Falls or something like that, where you could get, it's not a huge waterfall, but you can get pretty close. And just the air around the waterfall felt this unbelievable excitement. Like it took your breath away. Like just to stand close to this waterfall had this incredible effect on, on your pulse, on your breathing, on your, like it was hard to breathe close to the waterfall mm. the air mm. felt so excited or mm. or i don't know what you know there or, may be or, some or so so heavy with with water molecules and you know i think right and there may be some very mundane reason why yes yes <laughs> but it just it just feels crazy i mean it just feels so powerful so charged um yes. and i imagine I, you know, I imagine uh, Niagara Falls feels like that when you go. Did you go on the the Maid of the Mist, the the little boat that does the thing, that goes and gets all up very, in the thing? I was very young. I don't remember, but I know, I remember going to Victoria Falls in Africa, mm. and that had a more profound. Well, that'll that'll do for a fall. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt uh, it was a more powerful experience than Niagara was for me, okay. and um, I never remembered the breathing. I did remember the thickness of the just the, the, the mm-hmm. and the and the power and the energy in the mm-hmm. air. And mm-hmm. I remember being a little bit um not frightened, but there was a my God. And looking down, uh I just it there's a terrifying part to it, just the, the power of the falls, yeah. you know. How close can you get to um Victoria Falls? I don't remember. Okay. I was so little. I was eight or something. And I don't remember. I just, and it was more um, wild and had at that point Mm -hmm. in the Mm eighties or seventies rather. And it didn't. uh, So Niagara, it was just, there was more sense of humans and, and, and Mm -hmm. building up Mm -hmm. and around it. And it had been more Mm -hmm. developed 
So Victoria Falls, it still felt a little bit like uh, slightly wild. Of course, there was plenty of human development around it at the time I was there, but it was, it felt more wild. So yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then the ocean is like, it's, it is sort of like this thing too. It's not a waterfall per se, but it's like, you know, the Pacific, it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot. There's this power and there's this, and it's, I don't know. I feel like it's cleansing. I feel like, I don't know how to describe <laughs> what the ocean does to a person. Um, but yeah. I think it's qu- quite healthy. Yeah. And it seems sort of across all people. And yeah. so when I'm, when I'm sitting on the bench at uh, sunrise with my wife, we're having our coffee this morning and, and you look out at that, you try to see the curve, like yeah. looking out at the line between um, the sea and the sky and yeah. tracing the line as far in either direction as one can. Um, in yes. this case, north to south, tracing as far as one can. And it's like, it just, um, and you can sometimes almost feel like you can see the curvature and it's so slight. And I don't know, that's a very magical thing. And Aurora mm-hmm. was, Aurora was speaking. And then I, I almost, often feel like I experience the ocean through my wife because there's a way in which you're talking about the ocean that I think she just, she's there very instantaneously and goes into this deep silence and you can almost see her being nourished as you're talking about just this health and kind of sanity that comes from looking. And she talked yeah. about, oh, it's so good to look out into the vastness, you know? Yeah. And then I remember when I, when I went to New Mexico on this Odyssey West, leaving Manhattan in a state of like, I've got to get out of here after reading um, Gary Snyder's practice of the wild. He just, I just had to leave after my, a 10 year sojourn in that city. And I remember going out West and craving that spaciousness, just having a craving for it. And then something happened strange where that no longer, when I would look out from yeah. uh, the Sangre de Cristo mountains onto the sky yeah. and trace the line between the desert and the sky, mm. it wasn't vast enough. And I still felt this, <laughs> I still wasn't fast enough, whatever. Mm. I felt this strange claustrophobia still upon mm. me. Like I, I wanted more that I, 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 I crave. It was the weirdest feeling. And I, I don't know, it doesn't really happen anymore, but um, it was such a strange thing. There's I, a well, spot what, what do you on want, the buddy? <laughs> campground of Diamond Mountain where you can see this, you know, uh, this incredible swath of valley and just to try and try to sit and compute how many there you are standing on the ground you're not really on a mountain peak but maybe you know you're atop a little mm-hmm. you know i don't know a little bit, little bit of a hill um yeah and there are mesas across the valley and you're looking at i don't know i don't know i don't even know how to guess how many square miles you can see in a glance right. And, um, what is it, you know, I don't know. And I don't know if it's the same thing, standing near a waterfall, having your breath taken away, standing before the ocean, which a little bit takes your breath away, but it's also, it's like big and awesome. Um, 
and, you know, staring at a vast expanse, you know, staring, looking at mountains, Albuquerque, um, is such a fascinating town to me. Awesome. uh, Off. Awesome. 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 When you are standing in, um, even in a neighborhood that's like tough, you know, we've, um, and then you, you look out and you're like kind of in a gnarly neighborhood and it's a little bit run down and it's a little beaten and it's urban and, um, and you're still standing there dwarfed by awesomeness, the awesomeness of the, yeah the Sandia yeah. mountains. Yeah. And, um, it's strange. It's strange and wonderful. And, um, what is it, you know, what is it about awesomeness, bigness? I, like, I feel like there's this, I don't know, this health upon the soul, my, my inclination, uh, which may be unfair. I mean, I made, or, or hasty is, is that there's something about, I don't know, like perspective or perspective on self. Like you can't think yeah. all that overly much of yourself at the same time as taking in the vastness of the nighttime sky. Like, can you, I mean, I, uh, I think there's an old, yeah. Or there's the sense of one takes, one can't think overly too much of oneself and one can't make the, the mistake of thinking overly too little because indeed my mind is, able to, in a certain sense, reflect that vastness. And I almost want to say, mm. can be identified with it. And therefore, it, it almost like teaches us in almost without, well, without words that you, you, you're, you're so much and you're so little at the same time. <laughs> My and, God, do you feel that when you, I mean, I don't know if I feel that when I look at the ocean, like, I don't know. Do I feel, I don't know. Like I feel more like I lean towards feeling insignificant, insignificant in its presence rather than, I don't know. Do I feel a sense of my own significance? And I don't, I definitely used to feel that I used the insignificance was the more obvious thing that came up for me or more ready, not, not obvious, but more readily came up. Uh-uh. for me and now it it it, it is uh, not that not that way i uh, and and in fact i used to have i don't know what else to call them i know i think i've told you this before but like i would have metaphysical night sweats i guess I, as a mm-hmm. eight or mm-hmm. year old where mm-hmm. vastness was very scary to me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i would mm-hmm. say well if there's a wall at the end of the vastness what's the other stuff on the other side of the wall is nothing mm-hmm. but that stuff like dark matter isn't it, it but that's still spate like so oh mm-hmm. gosh and then i would get scared as a child <laughs> that i know it's funny but at, at the at the time it was true. it was it was truly traumatic like it was a truly oh. traumatic part of my childhood for sure Amazing. and i didn't have anybody to um I, I, my parents didn't really relate with that notion sure. at all. Like, what are you talking about, kid? Get a, like, and and um. But now I, you know, you look at the eight eight spiraled arm and the, the the Milky Way at the end of one of the spirals, or almost at the end, and then our Earth is inside of that. And this 
this spiraled arm of reality. There's many more of these, and these are ad infinite. Now that 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 feels like so reassuring to me. The vastness. Uh-huh. It's not. It yeah. doesn't create a like. My gosh, we're lost in space, and we're a speck. It more gives me the feeling of, I can't wait to meet my friends. I, that are, I can't wait to meet other. I can't wait for this humanity on this earth to meet the others that are out in this vastness. It almost feels like a. It almost feels like a certainty to me. I don't know why, and I, I'm not even that interested in going in space. And I'm not much of a Star Trek guy. I was a little bit as a kid, but it just, it just is strange. It does the, it has quite the opposite effect. I think it, it relates a little bit to my, um, my faith and, 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 and to, and to how God is now in my life again after, um, 15 years of Buddhism, where I just really wasn't really a part of my thinking. I, I think there's a connection there. Um, don't know. I think I find how. it reassuring that my, my mind, my limited intellect, um, which can feel like all there is to me, you know, like the human intellect can feel so important. Um, mm-hmm. our, our society is so built around its workings and, and yeah, yeah, you know, uh, lionizing it as mm. supreme as the supreme mover in the universe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's hard to look at the awesomeness of something like the ocean and think that. Although, also, it's not it's not the case that this mind isn't having an effect on our oceans. Um, it, it it very obviously is, um, but um, but that's also that's on the scale of this little planet, like you said. And when yeah. I think of of that vastness, I don't know. I get some relief that like it can't we can't be that important. Like, it's just, I don't know, you know, for us to represent such a small, and, and it's not like someone can't argue against this point, you know, but I, 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 I feel this feeling like our significance, um, is not, it's not writ in the stars. And there's some relief to that because it means that like, mm. no, the, there is greater complexity than than my own human mind, even that I'll never plumb the depths of and it's okay. And um, yeah, I, in, in our current, in the moment that we are in, I I feel like what you are expressing is a important and common notion. And I think I hear a lot of people my children's age in their 20s, teens, were cockroaches. Humans are destroying this planet. We are insignificant and we think we're so significant. And I, and I want to cry out yes and no. Uh-huh. Uh, we are extremely significant and the mind is extremely powerful. The mind can destroy earth and oceans and cre- yeah. so so yeah. and the mind 
and that we are poised in from a Christian tradition, which I hate to say that because I want to be I want to be vaster in my expression of it, but I'll say it from from what I've understood from monotheistic traditions. Oh, if you knew how special you were, how uh. how significant you are, you would stop doing the actions that you're doing, Kev. If you understood your true worth in God's eyes, you would become a gentle, awake human being. And th- th- But our insignificance is also important in that yeah. tradition and yeah. to ashes and to dust. And I really feel like there's, there's, there's wrong ways in thinking of oneself as significant and yeah. there are perhaps more healthy ways. And there are wrong ways of thinking of oneself as insignificant. Yeah. And there are very healthy ways. So all those four things need to be kind of understood for each person, I think. I, and, I, and, I, and the tendency to go to insignificance, therefore not mattering, therefore individual actions, ah, it's a drop in the bucket. Well, if that's the message my children are hearing, well, then, you know, a plastic bag when I'm picking up something that's already packed, it's no big because it's like it's just a drop in the ocean, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, right, and yeah. and it is indeed. And uh, it's, it's just but uh, but then you're saying my own actions don't matter. And I and we're insignificant. And I do feel we're pushing very heavily in that way. Humans are cockroaches and they need to be thinned out. And there is probably truth in that. I yeah, just am, I am struggling and, and not like, okay, so we'll go from 8 billion to 2 billion. I don't know. Maybe there'll Maybe. be natural disasters and diasporas that create Maybe. massive in- extinctions of people. So, um, but I do, I'm, I worry. I worry uh, for for having the the wrong kind of insignificance, and I think Mm -hmm. that that's not what you're pushing for. But I, I do. No, no. I I hear what you're saying, and it's not, you know, in terms of the significance of my actions in relation to, you know, my life and the life, uh, the lives of those around me. It's obviously, you know, very significant, and you know, as as significant as it gets. I mean, I am you know, I am the most significant, uh, to me, (laughs) I mean, to the life that I have to live, you know, there's, there's, you know, literally no one, um, as significant as me, uh, to the life that I live. So then how I conduct that, you know, is, you know, the the most important thing. Um, just, you know, all, all too obviously, uh, that, that that I do, (laughs) um, that, uh, 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 when we talk about what is before us, what is on our plate to tend to ourselves. Um, And it's so easy not to, and I don't know. I mean, that's also like, it's also a choice, man, you know? And I Mm. really like, I, you Mm. don't have to. And I think it's important to say that if you, don't want to work on yourself and you don't want to develop, you don't want to be close to God. You don't want to understand the self. You don't want to uh, become more loving. You don't want to challenge yourself or grow anew every day. You really don't have to. 
I mean, you don't. And, and I have no right to say that you do. You know, when we, when we talk about the promise of, of the divine, the promise of what a soul can partake of, I, I, I really feel like it's important to say, look, these options are available to you. I, you know, I see it in conversations with, mm. in my life mm. with my wife and like what we work towards. And like, I don't know, like when we look and we say, well, in comparison to others or comparison to this or that, like, have I achieved enough? Or like, I'm not so bad, you know, like, and yeah. that's true and it's fine but I personally feel this need to press on, to develop more, to keep uh, a, 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 a trajectory more than a level of achievement that I want to keep developing, that I want to keep getting kinder, that I'm, I'm interested in, in a movement in kindness rather than achievement in kindness. I want to keep getting kinder. And, and I don't got to. It's true. I don't have to, but I believe that what is available to me, should I achieve that? Should I maintain that trajectory? It is something that I want. I believe that that what, what is held at the end of that is desirable. And yeah. And I, yeah, I, I choose it. I choose it and it's okay not to choose. I can't, it has it has to be okay not to choose it. Like who can make you choose it? You you don't have to choose it, but it's there for you. You know, I get you know people and we teaching as please. It, well, when we can barely imagine, I mean, Saint Paul is careful to say, um, "You struggle to the last breath towards this greater love," yeah. and you we cannot imagine what God has in store for God's lovers. Uh, uh, we don't, we can't, we can barely, yeah, we can feel we're on a trajectory and try to go, but the, I don't want to say the goal, the, 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 the depth of the trajectory or what, what can keep occurring for, uh, is, is beyond anything that the mind, uh, can conceive. And he says it quite often, but no heart, no ear is heard, no eye is seen, no heart can conceive what God has in store for those who love God. And it just, it just kind of strikes me as related to what you're saying. It, he just encouraged us in the way that you just encouraged us and me to, you know, just to keep on the, on the, on the course of kindness as to the best of your ability, you know, um, I believe in the promise of a heart filled with love. I just, I believe in that. And I, yeah, yeah. and when my heart is filled yeah. with love, I, I feel a fulfillment that I, I just desire it. And you don't have yeah. to, I mean, and I, and do I secretly feel like my, in my heart of hearts that if you don't get that, that you're missing out on something? Yeah, kind of, I, I do. And it's not, it's not right for me to say, it's not, you know, whatever, that's my, maybe my small mindedness, you know, that like I have this sense of service to love that like, I do want it for everybody. Um, but I, you know, but that's not my right. I mean, it's your right to choose it or not choose it when I, you know, when we say, when we talk of this promise that you could have a heart filled with love so much so that you cannot take a step that's not right. Steeped imbued with that. Yeah. 
love. And, yeah. I but, mean, and where I struggle along our lines is where I struggle along the insignificance of the, the idea of insignificance is, I don't know, I, I'm part of a church where mm. we, we tend to think of ourselves as um, um, informed and um, reasonable and reasonable and mm -hmm. aware of global warming and okay. not like your average uh, Christian who just seems in this country, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and then I go to a barbecue and there's styrofoam cups and plastic spoons. And I, it just, it's, it's for me, yeah, love, kindness, but goodness gracious, like when are we going to actually just start actually facing up to the horror that is unfolding before us. And it is a horror, period. The oceans will not be swimmable at this point for my grandchildren. Right. The, it's, it, when I, the love, it has to take such very specific, that trajectory is filled with very specific actions. And I, I find in the church, we, there, there's just deep love and everyone is getting kinder as far as I can see. It just gets, and, and yet I, I see all the lights on and I see, and, and, and it's a small, it's, and you know, is that a small thing? And to me, it, it isn't anymore. And I am as guilty as the next. I, I find it hard, frankly, now to get in a car and drive. You got to have a damn good reason. Well, why? Why are you going to the grocery store again? You could have done it in one trip, and then live for more. Why are you driving to the beach? That's an intense call. You're about to drive at seventy miles an hour over this planet and move again, yet again, and again. And to what extent can she take it? And can we this this Earth? And I. I do feel the prick of that more and more. I just, I can't buy plastic bottled water. I'm thirsty, can't do it. You know what? You didn't fill your flask. So buddy, be thirsty uh -huh. for a five uh -huh. hour drive. That's the uh -huh. cost. And uh -huh. you, you want to pay the, everyone's like, oh, the gas prices. Well, let them rise. Yeah, for God. Let them rise to $20 oh. a gallon. Let them rise. And you, oh, it's easy for you because you're like a middle-class white boy who, who's hooked up with some family. Well, that's true. That's yeah. true. And, and maybe I have to be, uh, but for me, raise the gas prices uh, because then you'll think twice about getting in your damn car and going somewhere. Right. Uh, you, okay, you want to go to Ireland and do hikes from bed and breakfast to bed and breakfast. Well, you don't, I don't even know the flora and fauna outside my window. I don't even know the mountains outside my window. I don't, I, so I, I'm feeling this kindness for me now has to, for me, take the, 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 the energy of dialing it down. I think Do, that there's a, there's an argument that that's going to come up that I think yeah. is important to address, which is yeah. um, not wrong that the while everything you're saying is true that the industrial pollution so farly outweighs what you can do what we do as individuals that if absolutely every one of us recycled consistently 
um, it would make it wouldn't be it wouldn't do much, and right. that in fact the industrial polluters pushed propaganda to us about recycling to to kind of push off the responsibility all the more. And I, I don't know, I'm not an expert, you know, I just, I look at the shows and I, you know, and I listen yeah. to the things and it, it's, I buy it, you know, it seems plausible. And then if someone is to relax, it just strikes me that if someone is to relax their effort, okay, if you want to say, okay, my effort at home isn't enough of a difference, then what is going to change the big polluters? And then I don't know, are you writing to your congressman? Are you figuring out who are the big mm -hmm. polluters in, in your state, yep. in your country? Are you putting pressure there? Or, you know, if that's a greater point of pressure then cool, but like, how are you putting pressure there? If your answer is then to do nothing, cause you can do nothing, you know, someone's got to do, something and even those big polluters aren't going to change unless they're yeah. motivated to change and so yeah. what are we doing well th those big polluters are dependent upon our consumption and so i would like to work from all the angles and each person might have their calling but i would like to i would like to i've i've i hear what you just said and I have heard what you just said, and I even agree with it on some level. But the the individual, like I'm kind of on a, I feel like more of a Gandhiji kind of thing with this than, than uh, it's not just simply going to be a practical fix. It, it's an entire change of a way of being. and And so any way in which an individual can make a choice like when i shower i turn it off soap up and turn the water on uh when i brush my teeth i turn the water off as i brush the teeth what does that that's not going to make a difference of course you're absolutely right and and, and when is everybody going to do it? and for me there has to be a spiritual component relative to the soul and its eternality because you know, you know, Thomas Merton talked to a group of people trying to change uh, the world. And they and he said, uh, don't base your like, it's just a drop in the bucket. It's just it's it's not we're, we we've done this for 10. We haven't made we haven't made any progress. He goes, you're doing what you're doing because it's right. Mm -hmm. Be, to, and because it feels right to you. And that is very empowered. And the individual right now, for me, is being whittled away. There's a sort of herd, like, well, the herd's not going to come along, and I'm part of it. And are you writing? You're not taking on the real issues. I mean, plastic bags, bro, plastic forks at a barbecue at a... And I'm like, yeah, plastic forks at a barbecue at a church. Yeah, if the whole Catholic church and the whole Anglican church began to be as enlightened as it think it is in those actions. It, th those industrial polluters depend on our consumption. Well, if everyone's dialing it down and, you know, and we're, 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 we're frightened if the GDP drops, the GMP, as yeah. opposed to being relieved. I, and as I said that last podcast, it just seems that they're, 
there all the levels need to be worked on and i'm not i know it sounds and i don't feel righteous in myself when i'm doing this and i don't when i look at other people using a plastic bag to put something in that already is in a container into a bag to carry uh -huh. one thing i don't feel judgment i i don't anymore i don't like what the hell is you may i just think that is something i do not wish to engage in i uh -huh. and so i think there has to on a private level on a personal level there there can't be this holier than well, that so when you go to your church barbecue yes. and there's plastic forks and yes. you're not in judgment of them then right you're saying that you don't want to participate in it and you feel forced like you're struggling to engage in that community as we struggle to engage in society as we struggle to be yes a party to this world with yes and, and if you don't get a little help um then how the hell are you supposed to be a part of this organization that, by the way, thinks that it's promoting ideals of uh, non-consumption conservation. Yeah, um, and we and really like. are. We feel we're and very you can't even come to the conservation <laughs> party, right? Because right. you're struggled. You're struggling with the conflict of whether or not you are um, promoting the use of plastic forks by showing up to the anti-plastic party. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and to just, to just to slightly pivot, but to, to, it, 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 as if the theme might be the value of doing what we feel is right in the face of an impossible mountain of doom, yeah. the value of that. I'm talking to my brother, Robert, an adjunct professor at an American English university in Prague, uh, they're going through all kinds of things. Uh, Ukraine war is nearby, and there's a very intense feeling in that city right now, and a lot of beautiful acts of humanity are occurring, uh, and it's very inspiring to my brother. And he's like, and what am I doing here, teaching yeah. this like thing? And I said, my man, you just told me that this war is occurring the way it's occurring largely because of misinformation, disinformation, and big yeah. brother tactics. Yeah. Your whole teaching is teaching people, a, you're a geopolitical maestro, and yeah. you are opening people's eyes. And he goes, but I only have 100 students. It's so <laughs> insignificant. And oh I'm my like, God. my yeah. man, I don't know this, is, this is my son too. This yeah. is my son. Like, what does it matter, bro? You've got to yeah. take on the big. And I'm like, oh, my man, you have your life. I am so proud of you. You teach and try to get at truth and try to expose misinformation. And you do it doggedly and bless you and feel good about that work. We have to do take on global warming and nuclear weapons and war with joy and an awareness of our own power and also our own insignificance at the same time. Don't go thinking too much of yourself, which is not a problem generally. It's my, 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 my younger brother and my younger, my children feeling this profound insignificance in an unhealthy way, in a way that freezes moral action.
and, 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 and moral rectitude and moral energy. And so I, I totally think what you just said that, come on, man, it's a huge problem. And, but to say that to, your, your teaching of these few students that you have, to, to well, kind it, of yeah. put a to put a to put an insignificance and he hurt and he feels depression from it like he mm -hmm. suffers from like what am i doing with my life and i'm mm -hmm. like here's what you're doing with your life man you're amazing mm -hmm. you are you are fighting the powers of disinformation that is an extraordinary calling and he just is like he and he was like i was like i'm not just he's he said thank you he was thankful he heard it and it really is something that I think our, 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 our youngins and me and our every, we need to hear that message. I, I do feel that like, yes. you know, I only have eight yogas. Well, you just sent eight people into the world. Perhaps just you're, they're going to avoid a mental affliction. They're going to avoid every little bit is so to me significant, frankly, actually. Yeah. So, so right. yeah. And I know you feel this way, and but I, I, I just, do. Uh, I, you know, in yeah. my on my better days, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, on my we, better yeah, day too. This. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, your yeah. brother's crisis of faith is one that we all we don't need. Yeah, those of us who don't get up to the august level of a hundred students, you know, I think feel you know regularly enough, and yeah. and I'm sure many people who have you know a, a thousand students or or more. Um, yeah, yeah, we struggle with the insignificance of what a person is capable of, but it is also, it is people, you know, it is these, whatever, the industrial polluters, it's not, it's still people. It's and people. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. still people, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it, it wouldn't take, it, you know, no one individual person could do it, but it wouldn't take more than all individual people to do it. it. It is still, it is still made of individuals. It and is. And I want to almost reframe it the way Merton did in the sense of Gandhiji's like, I know what I'm doing is insignificant, but my gosh, I feel like I'm in the way of nonviolence and I am yeah. feeling a level of happiness that is hard to it, it, yeah, it feels right. so right. good. It feels so good to try. Yeah, it really right. does. And, yeah. and, and, and it, it, and I think even him who, who changed, <laughs> see, yeah. he would have felt deeply insignificant. Uh, yeah. I, I imagine. And, 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 and by the way, I think that's a really beautiful thing to wrestle with. I'm, I'm not implying well, that well, damn it. Said, I mean, he said so. Yeah, damn it! Don't know, get, don't try to get a, over. You know, the seeker after truth must be humbler than the dirt. The world crushes the dirt beneath its feet, and one who seeks after truth must be so humble that even the dust may crush him. Uh, is Gandhiji? Yeah, yeah, right. And and then that makes it so that it's not this hopeless. <sighs> there is something vaster. We look out at that ocean and we see the horror that humanity has wrought upon this beautiful world that somehow is and we get to experience. 
And there is a feeling of it could, it's going to get worse. And you know what? It's okay. And so I think that that, and I don't want to push that too far, but I do feel that that's a really, really, uh, that's something that's happened for me during, during COVID and sort of facing the possibility of nuclear war in the face. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 not as if it hasn't been there, but doing it in a, in a more uh, distinct way these days. And I, I, I feel a certain ease around it. It, it might not work out actually. And, and yeah, that's, and right. that's okay. And that is okay. And I'll do everything. And I'll, 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 I'll try to do what I can to, I was going to say everything I can, but I'm not doing everything I can. Well, this is I, like, I don't know. You, know. you made some allusion to goals and, and, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and goallessness, right? <laughs> like this, yeah. you know, letting go of the temporary r results yes. and like trying yeah. not to be goal oriented. I don't want to talk in terms of what my goal is, but at the same time, you can't, you know, yeah. You can't scratch your ass without a goal. That's um, right. That's right. You know, to your ass specifically. The itch it was, on your it ass. was itchy and I scratched and now it's it, yeah, not itchy. There's no, <laughs> there's no description of movement intention of activity, mm -hmm. of human activity without a goal. It's yeah. not meaningful. Um, yeah. And, and yet to let go of those as the sort of real goal to talk about uh, what one can have, right? What one can have in the human heart and what, what it is to be able to take a new symbol, a new of love in each movement that you make Yes, for, you know, to say, well, I, I, yeah, I won't get this, you know, this drink of water, like you said on the road, cause I didn't fill up my canteen. If that is right. What, creates more love and it's not that that can't be challenged you know if that oh, is an act can. of love it can of course but it, it, right. it, it, yeah it, but i but just to, to begin have. to enjoy that sacrifice to almost enjoy the partialness yeah. you know like this sure. is and as I think long of, as it doesn't sacrifice your ability to be loving that you know don't get so parched that you can't continue to be loving that we are under threat of that. I mean, we do oh, us limited oh, humans that's have a to fine be line. sensitive yeah. to that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking of uh, the most the wonderful Katanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. Uh, right. And I'm thinking of her uh, being pulled out of, you know, a public school in, I believe it was Mississippi or um, in the South, and then ending up in Harvard and feeling lost and feeling like she'll never fit in. And then... Uh, another person who had her color skin was walking towards her on the quad in Harvard at Harvard. And just mm -hmm. as she was, she saw Katanji, her eyes and saw her distress. And just as she passed whispered, persevere, persevere. And, and I think of her, and her parents and the experience of being black in this country. I still can't believe black folk haven't burned this country down a hundred times over and still continue to respond with love to a country that has given it so little love. And, 
that hope is so unshakable in Katanji Brown Jackson. She will never choose. She will, like her parents and her parents' parents and her parents' parents raised her with so much dignity and so much hope in, in, in the face of goals not being reached for generations of goals not reached and still feeling alive, ready to take on, having really not seeing for often for a long time, any result of the love and patience they're showing. And I just think, I just think I want to reposition the debate. Like when my son's like, my, my son is actually someone who I want to emulate who does turn the shower off and soap up, who is careful. Like I'm trying to do laundry once every two months now. So it's like, what do I, how often can I wear a shirt where it's appropriate? And I don't like, like thinking about every aspect of our lives and like, oh my gosh, you're getting into the minutiae. You're damn right. I'm getting into the minutia. Yes, I am. And it's still appalling how I live. I, I, I do find some of our our, our habits quite out of line with love for this planet and love for the self. And mm -hmm. so um, I think of her, of Katanji Brown Jackson. She is, there's this quality in the face of continual, you can't do this. You're no good. You ain't nothing. And it's just this loving perseverance. And it reminds me of what you said about, hey man, you can't get so parched that you then have mental afflictions and then you start hurting other people. Um, and it seems to me that faith and the faith of some of, um, especially the faith of, of the, of, I'm going to say the black church is very inspiring to me in this country because they just keep coming back. It just this hopeful, energetic response to a really tough situation over yeah. and over and over again. So, um, yeah. well, and the drive to fit in, I mean, it's such a, oh. a, a oh. fraught conflict, you know, we want to, if we are to fit in, in a, in a society that we see as broken in a system that we see as broken, yeah. then, then we, yeah, then we support this broken system at the same time. It, the system needs change from within and we have to find ways to fit in to just to be close to one another so that we can mm. help one another. Mm. And, and it's very, it's very, you know, at the same time, I was, I want to say, well, I don't, I don't want to fit in then it's okay uh, right. to be, totally, but, of, but of course I do. And that's, right. That's what it is to be human. And that's a part of my humanity is I want to be close to others. I want to serve others. I want to share love with others. And even the love that I want to give to myself, I, I express through my loving relationships with others. And so that takes some amount of fitting in. Or, or That's a or, lovely thing that you just brought up. I'm surprised you went there. I, I really, I, that's sparked. I, I'm I'm often surprised by the black friends I have, or when I look at things on the TV or read, uh, the extent to which 
black folk don't want to burn it down, but rather want to reform the system from the inside. Yeah. And it gives me, because my tendency is, is sometimes not been that, been more revolutionary rather than reformist. And it kind of renews my faith in the possibilities of the structures upon which my country has been built to be reformed rather than thrown out. And it makes me feel really hope. Like I'm like, uh, reform from within. How lovely. Like how yeah. civilized. How instead of this, y y y the other response would be entirely appropriate. Uh, from, well, sure. And you know, can be but, accused but, of naivete and both sides can, uh, frankly, accuse one another in, of naivete. Right, that's I right. Mean, and, they, and they do. And they, and they do. Right. Yeah, I totally. generally have noticed the, the white activists I know tenderly want to burn it down and the black activists I know want to reform from the inside out, which I know that's a generalization. With, with many exceptions, of course. With many yes. exceptions, but I have known that to be somewhat of a general rule in my life with the person, you know, I know, I know political activists in New York and it's, and I'm surprised at that. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised at that. I would think it would probably be the other way around. Well, and I um, don't know, but, uh, you know, and, and if you claim, you know, the answer, I, I don't know how you know it, but I, I don't know the answer. I mean, if, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I mean, there are, there are things that may need to change so dramatically that compromise just won't do. And, and so if, if, if this world is going to right, die, right. if we don't take, yeah. Yeah. you know, a certain dead minimum amount of action in regards to climate, in, in, in regards to the impact of, of our humanity on this planet, if, yeah. we, if there's a certain minimum action that we must take or we will cease to exist as a species then compromising to 50% of that dead minimum is useless. <laughs> it's not, it's not. Well, from, from the perspective of the perceived reality on the ground called earth. Yes. Yeah. It's well, useless sure. from that perspective. Now, whether or not it's useless from the perspective of faith, eternality whether the soul being continues well, you gotta a, have a goal i mean to say yeah that, fine if you want to let go of the goal in that sense sure but you gotta have a goal to scratch your ass and to say that your goal you know in 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 not you know is that you're to have a goal short of i'd like my children or my grandchildren to exist you see i mean it's not that's not so nuts <laughs> oh seems... no no you have that and then yeah. and merton would say press on but yes. as it as it all goes up in flames die swinging with love with all your might right and it, and 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 it has not look like compromise on some issues it and may it not. may not that's right it may not look may like not. compromise it, and and yeah. and perhaps it's gonna have to be really uh i mean and and is maybe a combination of both and that we're, 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 there's, a, there's a certain tension between those two modes, reform and revolution, entire gestalt and working within the screwed up thing, you know, and causing mini gestalts within the thing that already seemed needed to be totally shifted. I know, you know, it's, it's all of the above, I guess. I think it just, it's like, I don't know. Right. Um, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it does sometimes feed back to me when I see towards when I see cultures who have been 
um, oppressed in ways that I have not. Um, I'm part of, generally part of a culture that did oppress, and I find that oppressive. But when I see the response of those who are oppressed, having so much faith in the const in the in in the in the in in the beings that look like me who created the structure, it gives me a certain freshness. Like, wow, my my these friends of mine who don't look like me have faith in a system of people who that people who look like me created. And it gives me a kind of feeling of like not pride, but like a, wow, really? Cool. Cause I kind of lost total, lost faith a little bit. And, and, uh, I'm surprised by that every time it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, and we dance around this question about the, you know, whether the, that's insolvable. I mean, in, insoluble, in, insolvable, hmm. the, uh, um, you know, whether the true work is the inner work or the outer work. And, um, mm. and, and it is so easy to get locked into. I was just like kind of writing a piece with Kendra about Viveka, about discernment, uh, sort of between the real work and the wrong work. And there's the, mm. you know, my bigness, my significance, or my, my smallness, my insignificance and my, mm. and, and does Viveka, does Viveka know which one of those it is? Does Viveka know whether the it's the mm. the inner work or the outer work? And um, oh, wisdom knows that they are expressed through one another. That the oh, yeah. the inner work is expressed through through outer work, and that the internal shifts are achieved through external action and forging a heart in love uh is expressed through i mean in in you know at least 99.9 percent .9 of us uh if not much more if not all if someone can sit on their meditation cushion and make adjustments on their inner matrix until they are just more and more filled with love then i i salute them but it is not mm. me i I have to go, I have to go teach my little yoga class today and, and yeah, run around yeah. reminding everybody to return their minds and return their hearts to love the few people that come and, and, um, and I have to try to do it all day long and, and look for little goodnesses I can do. Um, yeah. And remember that yeah. I do them. Um, that I do this outer thing that I'm trying to use less, spend less, hurt less outside of me because I want to be more loving inside of me so that I hurt less outside of me so that I can become more yeah. loving inside of me so that I do less damage to those outside of me so that I can be more loving inside of me so that I will be uh, able to create more love outside of me. Hmm. Hmm. And I, I do think as we go into, I think inner and outer vocation and that line becomes blurrier and blurrier, uh, as I age, like, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. meditation isn't particularly more inner than cooking breakfast. 
and mm-hmm. cooking breakfast isn't particularly more outer than than it 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 starts to um uh when it's going well um the inner life is always available and the inner vocation is there and i i find it harder you know uh, there's a sense in which meditation is an outer practice mm-hmm. uh yoga is an outer practice and we would think classically well in meditation is this inner work and now you're going to get into your car and go somewhere and teach a class and it's like yeah uh that dialect that that setup is is starting to um feel different for me as i mm-hmm. as i age mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. uh yeah and and that's a, a kind of a subject for another podcast yeah. because we're at the end of our hour but it not to it's sort of busting open a whole new yeah. thing here at the end but um yeah yeah, yeah. just to yeah thanks dude i hope you have a wonderful time at the beach yeah um, yeah, yeah. Short, short and sweet <laughs>